Hello and welcome to the Cedarville Stories Podcast. Daniel Mahalski is a 2018 Cedarville alumnus. On June 21st, he will compete at the steeplechase prelims of the U.S. Olympic Team Trials for a chance to represent the United States in Tokyo this summer. If he makes it, he will be the first Yellow Jacket to compete on the Olympic stage. Listen to Daniel share about how his identity is rooted in Christ. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Daniel. It's great to have you on this program today. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's it's uh, it's good to see you. We're doing this by Zoom. Uh, you're in um, Texas, and I'm in rainy Ohio today. Um, but there's a lot of things I want to talk about um, on the program today. And I want to begin with a lighthearted question uh, about your family. Okay. All right. Uh, is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. So, so I know you come from an athletic family. I know your dad coached college baseball and your four siblings all played college athletics at Grace College. So for those who are listening to the program, Grace College is another Christian college in the state of Indiana. Now this may be, this is where it gets a little strange um, to begin a podcast, but uh, as you know, Daniel, I love Cedarville University. I've been here 11 years, and uh, I love what we do and, and what we stand for. But what you might not know is I graduated from Grace College. Hey, nice. And, and, and uh, not, not only do I know the school well, I know many of its leaders well, including Athletic Director Chad Briscoe. <laughs> uh, so my question to you to start the podcast is, um, how were you able to break the trend of the Mahalski Grace connection and not offend your siblings? We still haven't talked. <laughs> hey, that's their, that's their problem, right? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I looked at Grace pretty seriously. Um, at, at that time, you know, my junior year of high school, I was, I was new to running. I yeah. had just completed my first cross country season and, and successfully so, and was planning on doing, you know, basketball and, and baseball that year and, and did. And so I, you know, I spoke, I went, you know, I went on campus visits to grace and spoke with both the cross country coach and the baseball coach and talked about how we could make that work. And it was, you know, I was acknowledging at that time as were they, that, you know, it'd be a little um, contraindicative, uh, as far as the training styles and what it's going to do to my, you know, my body, my frame. And, um, right. yeah, I, I, uh, I ended up choosing Cedarville <laughs> thinking I was going to be an engineer, <laughs> okay. uh, which, which at the time grace, uh, had more of a kind of a partnership program with trying, um, right. Cedarville, right. you know, program is so well established. So I thought, Hey, I'm going to go be a part of that be a part of a little bit more established running program and, um, you know, put all my eggs into that, into the running basket. Um, and it was kind of a later decision. And, um, I actually chose against, you know, what would be best for me financially at first. Um, uh, uh-huh. but, uh, through some late, uh, you know, 11th hour applications for some scholarships and, um, you know, some, some honoring of improved performance on the track. I, it ended up being a better financial package at Cedarville, even from the first year. Um, and, and got better from there too, uh, as I continued to improve. So, um, it was just a neat thing that, you know, I, I placed myself, um, confidently where I felt it was best I should be. And, um, 
and you know it's hard to go wrong between the two schools right so um for our listeners as gifted of an athlete that daniel has become at the core of daniel is his faith in jesus um daniel with that as a, a framework can you share with us your spiritual journey and when your faith in Jesus actually took root and he became central part of your life? Yeah, I was um, incredibly blessed and, and am incredibly blessed to, to have parents and siblings who know and love Jesus um, and, and in-laws and a wife. Uh, right. The same now. Um, we'll see about our baby She's got some time before she can get to that level of understanding. But uh, yeah, so at a young age, I was, I was very exposed to the gospel and, and what that looked like and, and uh, became aware of, of uh, you know, my sin and separation from the Lord at, at a ripe young age of like six. And, and so that there began, you know, a prayer to receive Christ and uh, a, simple spiritual journey at that age, uh, which later kind of blossomed um, late in high school, where it kind of became, you know, what I was going to own and um, identify with, uh, you know, I wanted to be um, on the team and engaged with uh, what God had planned um, right. for me and, and, and his ultimate plan of, um, you know, rescuing sinners to himself. And so, yeah, I, I became a little more engaged in, in some local ministry uh, among my high school and church. And um, I realized that I wasn't just um, saved for fire insurance for myself, that, that I was saved to something and right. um, uh, that, that God's plans are, are more than just, uh, for eternity, but they're also for here and that that impacts in eternity. And, and that means, um, you know, connecting with, <laughs> with other people uh, among us, uh, friends, family, coworkers, people sure. that we interact with, um, that, yeah, I, I felt the conviction like, oh my gosh, like, all right, I, I've got this knowledge that I'm accountable to share and, how could I hold it in, you know? Sure. So did, did, your, did your time at Cedarville uh, help nurture your faith? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I learned a ton from, from my professors, uh, both within the theology department and, and outside that. Um, all the uh, Bible studies and Awana and Sunday schools kind of accumulate sure. to, a, to a fair degree of knowledge. But... Um, yeah, the, the depth that we went into in our um, Old Testament, New Testament, and theology courses at Cedarville were really firming up for me. And, and um, you know, just being asked to, to mull through ideas and, and respond to books through, through essays and, um, you know, in-class discussion and meeting with professors was really stimulating for me. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And I'm really happy to be at a uh, to be working at a school now that um, fosters that same kind of uh, atmosphere and, and education for our students here. Yeah, Liter Laterno has a gr great reputation, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a great uh, time of, of teaching and leading uh, your men on the, on the track team and cross-country teams that you're coaching. So um, as I mentioned in the introduction, 
I like your faith. You also love to compete. In fact, later this year, you'll be competing at the U.S. Olympic Trials in Eugene, Oregon, for the opportunity to represent the United States in the steeplechase at the upcoming Olympics in Japan. Just to say that and know that I'm talking to a guy who could be on the Olympic team is, is impressive to me. How are you training for this uh, big opportunity, uh, and how's it going? Um, <laughs> step at a time. Uh, I get out there every day and put a brick in the wall, or uh, you know, chop some wood and carry water. Uh, it's pr- it's been pretty simple, and it's it's uh, not always pretty. The the training that I do, um, oftentimes, it's just just putting in the time. Um, setting aside the time, making the time, and and uh, it's it's nothing um, too glamorous, you know. I'm I'm doing it all alone. I don't have any uh, you know training partners or or club or anything that I'm that I'm doing it with. So sometimes you know I'll take my dog with me for if it's something easy and short. Or I've even pushed my uh, my baby in a stroller <laughs> a really? couple of times. Yeah. Um, just this week, my wife, uh, dropped the baby off at the track. She had to get somewhere and, and I was, uh, it was, the timing was not perfect. I had a couple more intervals to spin around on the loop and, and, uh, she was crying. She was crying <laughs> on the, in, uh, on the inside of the track and I'm just whizzing past like hanging there just another couple of minutes. I'll get you. And, uh, <laughs> so so anyways, it, it's gone very well. I've, I've been working with a coach who, um, who, uh, has done it before. Does it, does it really well with some, some other guys in similar situations to me, uh, who have kids who have day jobs and, uh, are making it work. Um, and he's also a believer. So just that holistic perspective that he shares with me has been really healthy and grounding, um, to the, to the whole experience. And, um, it's it's been just surprisingly well how how it's gone and how well I've raced off of this type of training because it is a little different and and more basic than some of the things I've done before. Yeah. So to be on the U.S. Olympic team, you have to have a qualifying mark, which you do have, and finish in the top three at the trials, I believe. And according to your former coach uh, Paul Orchard, you currently have the eighth best time among steeplechase runners. But he says to never underestimate your love to compete because that's just as important as having the best time heading into me. He knows you. He goes, <laughs> you're, a, you're a very highly competitive guy. So in your mind, what's it going to take for you to place in the top three in this Olympic trial? And do you think you'll get there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, make somebody be good to beat me. That's one of the yeah. things that my current coach, Mark Mish, told me just this week. Um, so I, I guess that's it's a little backwards sounding, but um, uh, if you know if I do what I can do well, and that's that's um, sound hurdling and um, really emphasizing on the water jump and um, staying poised otherwise and and positioned well otherwise, then then it'll take care of itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's fun thinking about times with coach orchard uh, i hope i hope he gets to listen to this and uh, oh he'll listen to this i yeah. know that yeah yeah um man i i learned a ton under he under his coaching um just because you know i was so new to the sport t- especially um 
you know, I had only run one track season in high school and, and then, you know, he got me as green as I was and, and, uh, was able to help me, uh, improve a ton. And, uh, yeah, we had, we had an awesome experience together and I wouldn't trade it. I, I implement, uh, quite a bit of his, his style and, and how I train my team now. So, um, what will it, what will it mean to you if you make it on the U S Olympic team? How important is that to you? <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's an incredibly high honor and, and, you know, I, I want to strive for that. Uh, it's a little surreal how, how um, close and realistic it is right now because um, it is more than ever. Um, I, I didn't think that uh, I'd be, you know, r- ranked so high as I am and feeling so good as I am and um, having the kind of confidence that I do right now. Um, and it's been kind of newfound too, e- even just in the last month. Um, okay. Just the, even less than that. I mean, when I ran the Olympic A standard on, um, on mother's day, mm-hmm. uh, that was, that was a big shift, uh, in my own perception of the, the trials and making the team and, uh, you know, where my fitness is. Cause it, it just showed a, a big jump in the right direction. So it's, it's super thrilling. Um, you know, I got to, got to rub with some of the best guys in the game among Americans and, um, you know, did, did very well at that uh, juncture. So, and it wasn't even a perfect race, you know, as far as how I, you know, negotiated the hurdles and, and all, you know, I feel like my best race is still out there. So if I can, yeah. you know, cinch some things up and do it even a little more efficiently or even with more money on the line or so to speak. Um, yeah. I, I think that I've got as, as good a chance as, as a lot of guys and, and anything can kind of happen uh, in the steeplechase this year, it seems. So I, I look at that as a big plus for, for guys like me to get in there and, uh, sneak a spot onto the team. Well, I hope you sneak a spot on the team and, <laughs> and I'm sure those who are listening to the podcast today are, are pulling for you and, you know, pray for Daniel as he trains. Um, I want to transition, still stay in the, in the, tr- the track area, um, sure. and, and the competitiveness of you. Um, it was really on display uh, at the NCAA Division One National Steeplechase uh, race, um, if I remember correctly, you were in a great position to win the national championship as you were leading the race with probably about 150 meters to go. I hate to bring this up to you, um, <laughs> and then you hit the last hurdle literally, and you fell and uh, finished seventh. So, how difficult, Daniel, was it for you that? you knew that you had a national championship in your grasp, but it didn't happen. It was tough. I, uh, and I should say, I should say, Daniel, for our listeners, you were competing at the division one level for Indiana university. You had taken a, a grad transfer year from Cedarville. You graduated from Cedarville and then you, um, went to IU. So, um, now back to the story. Uh, how <laughs> tough was it? Yeah. Um, you know, like you're hearing from me now, I, um, same, same attitude with kind of how I'm going in the trials. You know, I, if I, if I race well and I position myself well, I, I'm going to bet on myself to, to go for it, you know? Right. And, um, and you know, on, on that day I had a good chance and, uh, yeah, I was, uh, 
in the lead and trying and, and I found myself there kind of by default on the penultimate water jump. Um, so with, with over a lap to go, I, I popped out into the lead kind of by default, just cause I'm pretty efficient coming out of the water. And, uh, so I just decided to take that daylight and, and grow it into a sizable lead. And, um, yeah, I was feeling it, uh, going into the last water jump and, uh, you know, there was, there was footsteps coming right behind me and, and, uh, yeah, I, I clipped my toe on the, on the barrier, uh, mm. and it just threw me a little off balance when I did, when I did, uh, touch down and, uh, yeah, I took a spill and it was, you know, earth shattering in the moment, but right. I also had, you know, a race to finish. So I scrambled up and was still able to salvage, you know, an all American position, and, uh, you know, I have no regrets about the move that I made, you know, it was aggressive and it was a little early, but, um, I said in an interview right after the race, um, and I think it's grace of God that, that I had this kind of peace of mind, even mm -hmm. after such a hectic occurrence. Um, and so, and so short afterwards that, that, you know, my, ident my identity is not wrapped up in uh, the sport entirely. And, and, and yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not just a runner. I'm, I, and I have more value than that. And I know that. And, um, not only that, but, um, you know, I, I know that I'm loved and, and that anything that can happen within a sport is, is probably less, uh, you know, less dire, less, uh, in, real or impactful on on uh or consequential than than if if there were to be some kind of real failure in real life um sure that this is something that coach jeff bolander um speaks on a lot and that i've taken away from his uh leadership at cedarville and that's um you know the sport is a is a microcosm that we get to learn lessons within it and um we can fail in it in a pretty safe environment and um that ultimately me as a as a son brother you know now husband uh and ultimately child of god that, that there's so much more to this story that is is beyond um you know one one race and um and and uh speaking of the you know the one race you know it has been a defining moment in my running career and it, cause mm -hmm. it was on such a large stage Right. Um, basically the, it was the, yeah, the biggest stage of my life up to that point. And, um, yeah, it kind of came crashing down and, you know, the cameras were on me and, and the, uh, the crowd exclaimed at the, at the crash that it was, you know, I was like NASCAR, but, yeah. uh, but, um, you know, even, even more than that, I'm glad it happened to me in a way because it has given me the opportunity to speak, um, candidly about my identity and my character and and actually you, you led me to my next question um it um if i understand the correct the story correctly uh it gave you a platform that day with the media which was, seemed like unheard of because you're the seventh place finisher but you were sought out by the media as much as the person who won the national championship and, <laughs> and yeah I mean, what's that that's that's unheard of what's that like for you <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess if you, you know, you make bold moves out there and people want to hear about it. So, 
but it's neat that it's neat that you still have the platform to use that to speak biblical principles into everyday life to people you come in contact with, correct? Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, especially with with recruits or even the the current athletes that I'm coaching, it, it's uh, just an opportunity for me to kind of level level with them and and share that hey, you know, I I had a catastrophic, you know, seemingly catastrophic failure on the biggest stage and I survived. And it, and, um, it kind of brings me down to size maybe for the kids that kind of think, Oh, wow. He, you know, coach Mo, he's, he's so fast and he always has raced perfectly or something, you know? Sure. I haven't, (laughs) I've I've been through the trenches and, um, you know, some, some darker places, um, even, you know, emotionally, spiritually, um, dealing with this whole, you know, running experience. Right. Actually, it's a great correlation to the Christian faith where there are times we're on the mountaintop. We have a mountaintop experience. Yeah. And there are many times we're in the pits or yeah. somewhere in between. Yeah. But we, but but Jesus is always there and he's faithful and we just run run alongside with him or let him carry us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, um, you, you are one of a very f- small number of Cedarville athletes who have competed on the biggest college stage imaginable, that's the NCAA Division One Athletic Arena. Uh, I'm interested in knowing, uh, for a little comparison purposes, so, so you competed at Cedarville. What have you found to be the differences between Cedarville University Division Two and Indiana University Division One uh, <laughs> athletics? There, there's quite a few things. Um, Power Five conferences is big business, you know, Track is not the focal point of it. Cross country is not the focal point of it, but we get some of the uh, the gravy um, from football, basketball. Yeah, so yeah, especially at IU is very much a basketball school. You know, some some newfound football success too, even. Um, right. So yeah, it's cool to get to benefit from from some of those um, cash cows, if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately. You know, a student athlete experience is is going to be have a lot of similarities anywhere you go, but uh, yeah. particularly at the upper echelons of the sport, it's um, it's more of an emphasis on on the athletics. And um, you know, it, I've heard it this way put from a coach to a coaching friend who's coached at multiple levels. You know, high school, D three, and D one, and and he's like, you know, Dan, the difference between, you know, D3 and D1 is, you know, D3, you leave on Friday and you get back on Saturday night versus D1, you leave on Thursday morning and you get back Sunday night. And and that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of how it, it went when it came to, um, you know, the the meets that we traveled to, they were further away, we were flying, we were uh, it's higher profile, multi-day, missing a lot of class, taking less, you know, taking less credits. Um, I mean, some other things that were great too, is, you know, we had, we had access to incredible facilities at IU and, um, I was really grateful to be a part of it. And it was, that was part of why sure. I chose to go there. Um, uh, in addition to, you know, having, having, uh, some of the best of the best to train with, you know, other, other guys that were eventual all Americans that, that I got to, to rub shoulders with every day in training. It, it made me a lot better. It was, it was neat to kind of up the ante for me. And I, I think I was, I was more prepared for it 
at that time than I would have been at any other time. So I'm glad that I only did it for a graduate year um, because between my grounding in my faith and um, a little bit more maturity and even moxie in, in my confidence as a runner, Right. Uh, I was I was kind of more prepared to step into that than than say uh, some of the very talented freshmen that we had at that time that same year. Although, you know, I related with them a lot <laughs> because I was sure. I was as new as they were to IU. But um, but yeah, I was kind of a little more a little more focused and prepared to step in with the big dogs and and rub and race and go for an all American. Um, just be, just because of the experience I did gain. Were you surprised with the success you had at IU? No, that's what I came to do. I, I set some goals, you know, the summer before. Um, you know, hey, I want to, I want to score the Big Ten meet. I, I want to win it. I want to go try to win a national championship in the steeplechase. I want to go be on a national level DMR distance medley relay. And I got to be part. I, I made almost all my goals. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that I explored the division one scene. Um, and I'm happy to take a step back, um, as I have now coaching at a D three school. And it's a little more like Cedarville days. Um, even, even, um, less than that too, because, you know, we don't have scholarships to work with. And so recruiting is, is even more of a challenge. You know, I speak with kids and they're like, well, so what are you offering me? I'm like, I'm offering you the opportunity (laughs) to keep, competing in a sport that you love and to to come to a place where you're going to get a great education so i gotta i also have to promote myself a little bit too like hey you know i've right. i've experienced this sport you know to to some of its highest levels and and yeah. um have seen a couple of ways of doing it and and um i if you're willing to to step into that with me you know i i want to I want to facilitate as much as i can the uh the opportunity for you to squeeze all you can out right. of this thing I, w- I would think uh, uh, high school students looking at uh, a small school like Laterno would really be interested in, in learning from a Big Ten champion like yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a great calling card. That's a great benefit <laughs> for, for, for in mar- marketing and recruitment. So, yeah, um, yeah use it. Um, as I said in, in, in the introduction, you and your wife, Abby, have a young daughter. Um, so obviously, both of Abby and your daughter are high priorities for you. <laughs> um, but I also know, you know, c- competing is important too. How how do you, um, as a as a dad, as an athlete, uh, balance th- what you're doing in preparation for the Olympics, and 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 coaching, um, balance the 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 house and the professional life, uh, so that uh, everyone wins. <laughs> Oh man, I I don't think that I'm. Is that a tough question? It, well, it's not that tough. It's just that I don't have that good of an answer because uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm doing it as well as I could be. And uh, it yeah. Well, when, when you leave when you leave your daughter in the inside of the track, and you say <laughs> I'll be with you in a little bit. I, I had a little doubt there. Gosh, yeah. Thankfully, she's she's doing great. Yeah, her name is Daily Joy. And she's living up to that name. Um, That's great. Yeah, sometimes it means you know mowing the lawn before I run, <laughs> if it's an easy day, and and uh, um, 
other times it's, Hey, you know, Abby's got an appointment she needs to go do. And so I'll, I'll watch the baby a little bit and hold her while I'm, you know, trying to send emails with one hand and hold the baby and keep her pacified with the other hand. Um, thankfully Abby doesn't leave me hanging like that too much. (laughs) Abby's great too. Um, she, uh, she did a few years of coaching, so she understands this, this life, this world. And, um, you know, very much is sympathetic to it and, and helpful in ways that she can be. So, um, yeah, she's, she's the bomb and, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it without her. (laughs) So I have time for one, one final question, uh, Daniel, and that's at the core of this podcast, it's all about telling Cedarville stories for God's glory. How do you hope, or how do you believe you're bringing God glory through all that you're doing? Uh, the, the, the thing that I'm constantly um, having to remind myself of, and, and sometimes outside of me being reminded of, is the um, the stewardship of what what I do, and and at every level, and that being um, you know the regular influence I have on the student athletes that I'm coaching, that are coming to my office, that are showing up at practice. The, uh, you know, the, the younger runners who are, you know, following me um, and looking for something, you know, they don't, e- they don't even know what. I, I think that God can be, is most glorified. And I mean, you know, famous quote, God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and uh, you know my my mantra, I guess, would would just be to to be a good steward of what he's given me, and and um, you know give myself every opportunity to 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 do the best that I can and be the best that I can at what I'm doing um, for for his sake, you know. So that it does so that, I mean, you know, not that I'm just doing outrageous things to get a microphone or a camera on me. Um, but, but uh, to do what I do well as I can and at the highest levels that I can, um, and um, you know, to just just grind it out, stay on the grind. Um, yeah. And and it's it's been really fun and, and neat to see how kind of word can word can get around that. Hey, you know, Dan's a believer, and. Uh, sure. um, and just a network of other runners or coaches that are believers that we can connect with each other and mutually encourage one another. Yeah, it's it's a great insight and a great story. And you have the opportunity to, to um, serve uh, your your student athletes well as Jesus uh, serves. You have the opportunity to take the lessons and the leadership principles, uh, biblical lessons that Paul Orchard and uh, other coaches have. Um, instilled in you and uh, I wish you the very best uh, remind me when you are competing for the US Olympic trials that's June, when uh, June 21st is the prelim and June 25th is the final um, and if I'm in the top three positions on June 25th I'll be booking my ticket to Tokyo okay Hey, thanks for uh, persevering with me in uh, this podcast. It's great to talk with you a little bit. And uh, thanks for joining me this, this week on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thanks so much, Mark. Glad to be a part of it. 
Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.